I would like to welcome everyone to another episode of the Let's Get the Podcast. I'm your host Zeke, and in this episode, I have Tia returning from the first episode to talk about anime and travel in more detail. You can follow her Instagram at No One Travels Like Gaston to learn more about travel facts and city histories. I'd like to give a content warning for any strong language used in this episode, and hope you have a nice day and enjoy the show. Uh, or just start ready, so now we can get more to your interesting questions. Okay. So the same episode talk about anime and travel. So my first question is, how do you, how does it feel to live in different countries? Living in different countries is actually really cool. I think um, I'm a big advocate for travel. So like for me, whenever people are like, oh, I don't have a passport or I don't like to travel, I'm like, no subs at you, sorry. <laughs> and, and I just look at them and I'm like, what? That's like one of the first things that like I wanted to do the moment I turned 18. Um, it really started when I went abroad to Denmark and it was my first time going to a different country that wasn't like the DR. And if everything was just so new and everyone was just super nice and it was great because like I actually I felt like I was in an environment where I was really learning um, and I had I think my favorite part about traveling is the stories I take with me like every place I've traveled to I've gotten into something and when I come back I'm like it makes for a great story it's legal don't worry it's a fault you got her <laughs> Yeah, but like, so I really enjoy traveling for that reason. And also when you're in another country where you don't know anybody, you don't know the language, you don't really know your way around. A lot of people are like, that's scary. But I'm like, no, this is great because it really puts into perspective how little time you have. And you just really are so in the moment of like, I love this. What the fuck is that? What is this? Who are those? It's such a great thing because you're really genuinely curious. Whereas like when I'm back home, yeah, things are great, but I get so used to the routine that nothing excites me. So when, when I'm in a new country, it's just like, I want to do everything all at once. <laughs> so that, um, your name, yeah, like your name, each one of your names is a different, yeah. a good different culture, right? Yeah. So my first name is Spanish. Um, my middle name is Farsi and my last name is French. Mm-hmm. Spanish because my mom's Dominican and she had to pick the most confusing name ever as Dominicans do. My middle name because my mom's um, professor when she was in college was really helpful to her, um, especially like not only in terms of academics, but in terms of like, well, my mom was pregnant with me when she was in college. So this professor really assisted my mom in like, you know, getting ready for the, the journey that is maternity, especially when you're like, you're basically a teenager. Um, and like, she assisted my mom in so much that she told, like, my mom told her like, oh, I'll let you name my child if it's a boy or a girl. Turned out to be a girl, I think. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so my middle name is Shazadi, which is Farsi for like beautiful princess or something. The characters are cool. I think I would want to get that as a tattoo as well. Um, and my last name is Gaston. The Germanic like meaning of my name means stranger or someone that never belongs. The French connotation of it is like big cat. <laughs> like, yeah, big fluffy cat. <laughs> but uh, yeah, having my last name has always been fun because everyone busts out in song from like Beauty and the Beast. Or my first name is Te Amare. And there's a lot of Spanish songs from the 80s that always start off with Te Amare, Toda La Vida. And that's just like my introduction whenever I walk into a room. 
So I can see the name pretty much was like the almost like fate for you to start traveling, experience different cultures. Oh yeah. Nothing nothing about me is standard. <laughs> yeah, but I like it like that. It keeps things interesting. So what was your favorite place to travel? My favorite place. Oh man. I think I would have to say my favorite, favorite place that I've been to has definitely been Hungary. Like, I spent the longest amount of time in Budapest. Um, well, I spent a lot of time in Budapest, but I really spent it in a town two hours outside of Budapest called Keskemet. <clears throat> and it's like a very tiny, tiny town. But I like Hungary because, well, prior to their prime minister, because he's a fucking racist. And yeah, I don't care if the international community knows that. Um, it was a really great experience because Hungarian is not like traditional in any sense. Because whenever we think about going on vacation, you think of like, ooh, Cancun, ooh, Puerto Plata, the Dominican Republic. Um, but yeah, I was basically, I shipped myself off to Budapest to teach English when I got there. Hungarian is the second hardest language to learn in the world because they have 36 letters in their alphabet and it has basically no like traditional um, roots. So there's no Slavic roots. There's no Latin or German roots. The only other language that's like similar to Hungarian is Finnish and they're on different sides of the world and no one knows why they're similar, but they are. But Hungarian is the second most hardest language to learn in the world. So when I got there, I know Spanish. I did not understand this. Like I've been to the Czech Republic where it's basically Romanian, uh, like Slavic and Latin. I was able to read some things. But then I got to Budapest and I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah, but it really is one of those countries that has like, sadly, it faded into the background after World War II, especially because of like, you know, the <laughs> the Soviet occupation. Um, but it's beautiful and it has such a like rich part of history. Like Budapest is right there on the Danube River. And that's the other thing. People say Budapest, it's Budapest. Uh, I learned that apparently the S's are pronounced like shh. But it's on the like the Danube River, which has played such a like intensive role in history. If you like know about that, um, it's gorgeous. You know, we paprika, which we think of paprika, and you would think it came from like the Americas, but no, paprika is native to there. Plums come from that area too. They have this really interesting drink called palinka that it's like fermented plum, and that stuff like slaps harder than vodka. It's a tiny bottle too, so you just need like two swigs, and you're just like whoa. <laughs> Uh, and the food is great. I was joking around the whole time I was there. I was like, Hungarians are basically just the Dominicans of Eastern Europe because everything has meat and rice. <laughs> and I loved it. <laughs> yeah, but it was great. And everyone was just super nice. Um, and I don't know, it's picturesque. It kind of looks like a Wes Anderson film, but without the like sexual allegations. And I, lo I loved it for that reason. Nice. And your least favorite place to travel? Oh, man. <laughs> I I would have to say Spain. <laughs> I like I had fun with the people I went, but when I was in Spain, it was just so fucking racist. Like a dude was on a smoke break from like his freaking lunch break and he walked up. Okay, this is the dedication. He walked up a flight of stairs to where we were in a park and he threw trash at our feet and he's like, "Welcome to Spain." Like he said piel de lodo which is basically spanish for like muddy skin 
And like, I was the only one that spoke Spanish. So my friends that I was traveling with, they looked at us and they were like, what do you say? And I'm like, oh, he's just being racist. And everywhere we went, like the men were like insinuate to our friends and they would say like, oh, nos gustas las negras, which means like, oh, we like the blackies. And it was just so much of that that it got tiring to a point, like wherever we went, First of all, and then they would, there's the thing that also pisses me off about Spain. <laughs> they, they would hear me speak Spanish because I was the only one that spoke Spanish. And they were like, oh, you're Dominican? And it was like with such disgust. And I'm like, hey, one of us is here involuntarily. And I can tell you, it's not you. <laughs> yeah, they have like such an issue with people that come from like. It's your fault. Give them the seat. I'll go back. Yeah, I'm like, uh, excuse me. I didn't ask to be here for a Spanish speaking country because of you. Um, yeah, and like that shit just pissed me off so much. And beautiful culture. But I. I and you know what? If I ever get kicked out of Spain, I'm sorry, but it's just kind of overrated. Like, so, yeah. I've been in Spain since. <laughs> yeah, Spaniards are just like fuck this bitch. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like I feel like, or maybe just Madrid, but it, it was pretty overrated. Like you go, you no, know, I don't want to say you go to one European country, you've seen them all, but like in terms of like new world architecture and everything, um, I had seen it all before everywhere had, I had gone, and plus it was just like, it was just so immensely racist. I was like, goddamn, but I only got it from the old people the like younger generation that i interacted with at like clubs and stuff they were really chill like they were fun to talk to and also they don't understand like how messed up christopher columbus is they like love him over there even though he's italian and we had to explain to them like nah we don't we don't fuck with him we don't <laughs> we changed the name of our date for that reason and they were like what he discovered you guys and it's like um discovered, discovered or permanently borrowed is which one <laughs> I like this land. This is my land. You made this? I made this now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Spain. I'm going to get kicked out of Spain again. It's fine. I don't plan on going back. Interpol? Don't come after me. Yep. Just had a question, I lost a question. But like studying different cultures and everything, you said how off, off camera talk about how things happen in real time. Yeah. How like a whole new country just come out of nowhere. Ah uh, yes. So because of my major, I'm studying international affairs. And what I plan to do with that, I don't know. But I do like anything involving traveling, politics to an extent, and you know, the betterment and fulfillment of mankind. That's always been my thing. As much as I like don't like people, I don't think that you should be mistreated because of what you practice or what you look like um so my major requires me to like constantly keep up with politics and that's not just politics like we hear politics and we think of you know two parties don't like each other but the politics of other countries is actually really deep and interesting so much stems back from like the aftermath of world war ii even the aftermath of world war one uh, especially in europe where they like still carry a lot of that and I just remember, like, I constantly have to... Anytime, like, a new issue arises in another country, I know for a fact, I'm like, ah, oh, damn, I'm going to be quizzed about this in class. So I have to... And it's not enough to just read the New York Times. you got to read so many news outlets. And, like, because in my undergrad, I was a journalism major, I know, like, hey, I have to fact check. I have to, like, find sources and things. But, like, now, in grad school, especially because politics is constantly happening in real time, I have to keep up with that. And it gets to a point where it gets kind of like, it gets kind of depressing to read about like all the atrocity, atrocities happening in the world. And here I am sitting 
being in a classroom complaining that I got to write a paper. And I'm like, damn, I feel bad for two reasons now. <laughs> like, this paper sucks, but then, like, it could get worse. Yeah, like, it really, it may be like that. This paper sucks, but I'm not on the other side of the world. Oh, uh, yeah. So I guess travel and uh, studying process push, makes you rethink how you your place in the world. Like how America would be most like egotistical and more centralized. Everything's about us. But then when you study the world, you're more like you can see that there are different things going on. Yeah, I think it's definitely, especially because like I'm a woman of color, it definitely is like not twofold, but like threefold because. I do have the privilege of being born in like a developed country like now, but even in a developed country, I still have like the backlash of things that happened years ago that like we're still now trying to break. And then I look at other countries where, you know, in some other developed countries, like when I was in Denmark, no one even looked twice at me. They were like, okay, cool. She's here. She's an American. (laughs) And but then like when I was in Paris, it was just like, oh, you're American the fuck (laughs) and yeah so it's so like when i'm not when i'm in the u.s it's i'm dominican american i can't just be american when i'm in another country it's like well who do i want to be today (laughs) when i was in cuba i was not american i was dominican (laughs) and they loved me (laughs) yeah but when i was in um the czech republic i was american and they were like oh our our allies cool (laughs) so every other place i go i like it's cool that i get to like code switch between wherever i go but it's also kind of like unfair because in other countries i can code switch and i can be like oh i'm this i'm that i'm this but like when you're in the u.s it doesn't matter if you're racially ambiguous they're just like huh you're brown go away it's like ah damn it um but yeah it's one of those like damned if you do damned if you don't because especially like if i talk poorly about the united states or like the internal problems that it has it's like well if you don't like this country then leave i'm like i'm like give me a receipt i'll go back to africa we build over there well no that's even the thing there because like in a lot of like african countries and african states their issue of colorism is still prominent and a lot of these things stem from like colonization and it's such like a deep-rooted issue even in dominican culture there's colorism and like that's something that i've been trying to break like with my family for the longest because you look at my mom and you look at me and we look nothing alike it's my dad that's like the darkest one um and that's something that like I have to carry with me everywhere. I have to constantly tell my story of like, basically everywhere I go, I have to explain my existence and why I'm brown. (laughs) Because when I'm in the US, it's like, why are you brown? Colonization. When I'm traveling in Europe, it's like, why are you brown? <laughs> Colonization, but from one of your own. <laughs> like one of you guys. Um, yeah. But sorry, good sir. <laughs> sorry, dude. So for me, I just have, I'm just like a black American, let's just say, I always, I never really struggled with finding culture. It was more like, my friends have like, they have the Dominican culture, Puerto Rican culture, and American culture. Mm-hmm. It was like, I'm in my country of origin. So I'm just like, this is all I have. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, within like the dominican culture there's this thing of like a lot of dominicans don't want to claim that they're black and like you look at me i identify as afro latina so when i have to check off the little boxes it's like are you hispanic or latino yes and then the next question is which do you identify as and i was like didn't i just click hispanic and latino but then they're like no you're either black white or whatever and it's crazy because like my cousin who is extremely light-skinned and like has green eyes and like blondish hair he gets to click the white box and i click the black box but mind you we come from the same family (laughs) so really like 
that's one of the things that I found interesting. And I never had an issue with identity growing up. It was more so like, like I knew who I was and I knew my culture and I, cause I was taught so much, but then it always came down to like, well, I know what I know and I'm happy with what I know. Why can't other people just be happy with for me? And it's having to constantly explain yourself. Um, and I found that that's one of the things, like when I travel, that's another thing that I thought would go away, but that doesn't. Basically, like all of my roommates when I was in Budapest were from like other European countries and some from like Middle Eastern countries. Um, and there was like one other American and he was Indian American. And like we had, we we would just talk about the like racist situations that we would just caught ourselves in in the United States, and everyone in the room was like, "What? What's going on with Is that allowed?" <laughs> yeah, and like I'm I'm happy that in other countries they're just like, "Why do you guys do that?" But then you have to remember in other countries it's like very like homogenous societies where they don't. It's now that things are starting to change. <laughs> As one who never traveled, I don't know. It's okay. I'll take you traveling with me. We'll start off somewhere small. Nice. We'll go to DR. <laughs> Wait, I'm gonna get trapped over there. But like, aren't you Dominican? Like, maybe. I mean, you could pass for Dominican. I get Dominican all the time. Dominicans are all shapes and colors. People ask me, "Do you speak Spanish?" I'm like, no. That was Spanish, right there. <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> Deport him. <laughs> oh, no. When he would ask you the race in Spanish, I'm just like, what made you ask me? And I'm like, you just look like a tall Dominican. That's it. And then my hair is not nappy, like, like I was just a black person. Technically, people will assume. No. It's like, it's very combable. So I'm just like, well, nice. I mean, that's the thing. My hair is not combable. And, but people never pick Dominican on the first try. Like, at my job, because it's me and another girl who speaks Spanish, but the other girl looks white. And I obviously do not look white. <laughs> and so when they come up to us, a lot of the Spanish speakers will look at me and look at her. And then they'll go right to her. And they're just like, you speak Spanish? And then sometimes my friend doesn't feel like speaking Spanish. So she's just like, no, but she does. And then they're shook. They're just like, she speaks Spanish? Like, um, I'm like, bro. I'm like, bro, we, we came on the same boat. What are you talking about? <laughs> Oh man, I should probably stop making these jokes. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Next question. Let's switch on to anime. Okay, I could do that. Things that we like, we both like. What type of what types of anime do you like? I like horror anime. I like horror and uh, shonen anime. I like shojo sometimes, but like, I feel like shojo it gets so annoying with the uh, like. I'm the main character and I'm either super frustrated all the time or just really bad at school and I contribute that to being a personality uh yeah but then like with shonen anime it's like I don't know there's always a plot to it if I could find like a shoujo anime that wasn't overly like ah my life revolves around this boy that I've had a five minute interaction with I'd love it and if anyone has any recommendations please <laughs> please recommend for me definitely shonen because I have action yeah. And violence. That's, that must be something wrong. All like is violent chills. You should, you, like, I think you would definitely like supernatural or like um, horror animes. Like the gory horror animes get like intense. Like Hellgirl, Jigoku Shoju is one that when I watched it, I was like, yo, I had to pause it for a second and like recollect myself because I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Another isn't like intense as fuck because you got high school kids dying left and right. Um, yeah, uh, what was it? My Diary, Mirai Oniki. That shit 
had me shook. <laughs> I was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, especially anything with like tsundere type characters. Those freak tsundere me. Is... Those are the ones that like they're super calm or like lovable, but they're like murderous and psychotic deep down. Like monster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what what's next? What is next? So do I sub the dub anime? Subbed. Um, I took Japanese a lot uh-huh. in high school and now. So like my Japanese is good enough that I can watch it. And if I got to turn around, I'll still understand what's going on. But like now, whenever I watch dubbed anime, it's usually because like I'm either watching it on the TV. But the cringiness gets so annoying because they try to do the, they try to add like the the prefixes to names. So like they'll say like. I don't know, uh, Shinomi-chan. And I'm like, that doesn't sound good in English. It just sounds weird as fuck. <laughs> yeah, and especially when like you have the overly cutesy characters that are like so animated. In Japanese, it sounds like, okay, the voice inflection wavers. But in English, it tends to be really annoying <laughs> because the character's voice is, like tends to be high-pitched. And not hearing that in English is just like, oh my god, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, dub is all the way. Um, audience, you're wrong. Hmm? You're wrong. Dub is all the way. I will break your recorder right now. <laughs> that was easier for me to hear it, and then I don't have to read, and then walk up and pay attention. I like reading. Like, I don't like reading. And catch it. Like that's how you catch the interesting yeah. stuff, and you learn a little bit too. You're just nodding your head, okay. <laughs> I'm a visual learner, so like when, when I see words, it just. I'm also, I guess, I associate with school and like how much I hated like the reading time we had to do. Yeah. So then just, like, I loved reading times. I didn't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, my stomach. And then manga or anime? Which one? Um, I used to read a lot of manga. Uh, but I think now I just prefer anime because like for manga I, I blew through so much money buying the comic books <laughs> I went through so much um, and after a while it just starts to get messy because I had everything stockpiled in my room yeah. whereas like with anime I'm like okay I watch it and if I gotta wait like a year or two for the next one to come out cool mm-hmm. I tend to just let anim- like animes pile up and then I'll binge watch it and I remember the first episode we talked about how we in that episode we, t- we counted Avatar and Boondocks as epi- um, anime yes but then you go to like people who call themselves purists and it was like if it's not made in Japan then it's not anime see I <laughs> I understand where the purists come from and while I don't agree with it because I think that's one of the great things about like animation is that it has come so far and expanded through so many like cultures and as a medium of art that saying that just because it was made in a certain country doesn't constitute as something else i've heard people say like oh that's cultural appropriation i'm like um i don't know how you can appropriate something like that but i mean i guess i can i can understand why they would say it um but i think like the boondocks and uh avatar the last airbender or like legend of korra i think those count as anime they're just american anime but the medium is still the same the storytelling format is still the same the over exaggerated like expressions yeah expressions and like chibi forms are still the same like those i say that those are anime mm-hmm. um especially the boondocks they had like a whole Naruto fight scene in there oh yeah the fight scenes are awesome in the boondocks uh, i love them and it's politically charged <laughs> amazing amazing and then because like if you show somebody who doesn't like 
watch anime and you saw them like Avatar, they saw them like My Hero Academia, they probably won't really tell the difference. They probably like, this is all the same. I mean, if you have them both in English, then they'll probably be like, okay, these are the same. Yeah. But since Avatar The Last Airbender was made in English, and then you show them My Hero Academia, I think for a lot of people, it's like once they hear something is in like a different language, they're like, ah, uh, that's different. I don't want it. But then there are the people who are like, that's different. I'm gonna try it. <laughs> and how do you feel about when anime, when anime was like early 2000s, when like poor kids were heavily edited? <clears throat> Okay, so funny story. <laughs> um, I actually had this discussion like two weeks ago with a friend of mine because one of the like executive uh, like uh, PR people for four kids works right across the hall from my friend. And it was crazy because he came up to my friend like one time in like the break room and he was like, hey, you're you're young. Did you watch like a channel called Four Kids? And my friend was like, yeah. And he was just like, you know, like that was my team that worked on that and everything. <laughs> and he was like, oh, wow. And when my friend told me, he was like, yeah, I didn't know that he like he worked for four kids and he was like really big in getting the, the like rights to the shows to come here to the U.S. And I looked at my friend and I was like, hey, ask him what the hell happened to One Piece. <laughs> Why did they do that? Why did they take One Piece in general? Yeah. And so apparently it was explained that like it was just so popular that they were like, oh, yeah, this is fun. We'll take it. And then when they actually when they already bought the rights and they started watching, they were like, oh, we got to edit this. And they left it like they got rid of so many episodes. So yeah, things like One Piece or like the Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh. Things like that. I'm like, if you're gonna watch like if you're gonna have a platform to show anime to an American audience, they uh you're gonna edit things, at least edit them right. Or like don't I don't know, don't ad lib or do your research ahead of time and know whether it's even worth getting it, because you're gonna be spending more money on editing than what's the point? Especially like when you omit episodes. Like as a kid, that's definitely how I got to anime because watching it was like this is just a cartoon, and the editing that's showed in America was made in America. Mm-hmm. But then you start going older, you start realizing some of the French, some of the Canadian, yeah. those are anime. It's like okay. Yeah, I think for me, how I got into anime was uh. Like, my mom would just let me watch TV all night, and I remember, like, I would watch Adult Swim, and they would show things like Inuyasha, Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, Prince of Tennis, I love that show. Yeah, Prince of Tennis, I remember that. Uh, yeah, what other show? There was, there were several shows. Zatch Bell was lit. Yeah, Zatch Bell, but that was on Toonami. Talking about, like, Adult Swim. Oh. Like, Adult Swim had several shows, and, like, that were anime that I was like, huh what is this particular thing and i like i it was just when like the internet started becoming a major thing in households so i remember just looking up like anime and i would find like those <laughs> those like torrent websites where i could watch them and like i started learning like oh this is called anime and when i started i remember the first time i heard it in japanese i was like the fuck is this <laughs> Like, huh? And then I started read like reading more on it. That's the other thing. Like once I get obsessed with something, I research the hell out of it. Um, yeah, and so I started just researching on anime, and then like that's how I learned about it. I was like, oh wow, that's cool. Like, and that's how I got into it. I don't watch anime as often as I used to because like I just don't really have time. And then by the time I get home, I'm like, I want to just go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my mom called anime to super tall people. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I've tried to get my mom to watch anime with me, and she like she doesn't, 
she can't says she can't stand the voices so she's like i'm not gonna watch it i'm like okay you do that you you do that each their own yeah <laughs> And then earlier you talked about like spooky anime. Yes. And then you like spooky stories or know that. So why? Um, so my interest in the occult really started with my family. Uh, just growing up, it was always like a supernatural presence in my lifetime because my <laughs> there was always like stories being told, especially in the Dominican Republic where we're from. Um, so we live at like the base of a mountain and it's a tiny, tiny town. Um, so when the lights used to go out because like the generator for the whole town would just stop. <laughs> and so when the lights would go out, one of the pastimes that we would do is like everyone would take the candle and just come to whoever's porch, like whoever's, everyone took turns with like who was going to host the night parties. That's what we used to call them. And we would just sit in the front porch on like a hot night. Well, it's a DR, so it's hot every night. And like a hot night, uh, just eating fruit and like, you know, drinking juice. And we would just tell stories. And one of the things that they would tell me were like a lot of Dominican um, legends. So like, Siguapas were something that I learned a lot about. I learned Siguapas are, uh, they're like creatures that they look like people, except their feet are backwards and they come out of the sea. So when they walk in, when they come out of the ocean at night, it looks like they walked into it. And when they walk into the ocean, like before the sun comes up, it looks like they walked out. So it would leave a lot of people confused. That's like, where are these tracks coming from? Because they don't want people following them. Um, yeah, so Siguapas. Uh, every animal that's like native to DR has like a legend associated with it. Uh, there were a lot of like native legends associated with it. So it was always this, you know, this theme of like mysticism and the occult. And we always had like, we had a, a curandera that lived near us. So curandera is like, it's the equivalent of like witch doctor, but it really just means like curist. Um, and she taught me a lot like growing up. And then like we would play with tarot cards and we would tell like stories of possessions. I actually saw an exorcism growing up. Um, yeah. And we, I don't know, there was always just something. And like, especially where I'm from, because it's like, I basically live in the bush. <laughs> it was like this just densely just wooded area. There were trees, there's like, leaves flowers everywhere um that's why I, I like like herbal medicines a lot don't get me wrong i fuck with science vaccinate your kids <laughs> but i learned how to make a lot of like natural candies a lot of it i i, I love tea like i love tea so much because i learned how to make tea from scratch and i learned how to do so many things um just because like everything was right there and at least in my town where it's moved away from the like the practice a lot but you know that you know, worship of nature um and i sort of learned like everything that you take from the earth you give back to it and you got to appreciate it um and I, that's why i like scary things so scary but yeah that's why i like the occult because it there's so much that we don't know that like i really appreciate it and like it was such an integral part of me growing up that like everything from how the stars move to stories that like the native tainos would associate with the stars and the moon and the ocean like that was all cool and then like you compare that to a lot of the like pagan stories from other countries and that's the other thing that i learned when i went to other countries it was like before christianity took over what it was there 
and you learn about that and it was like wow we basically almost all had sort of the same culture except like just different aspects and like yeah. different yeah just different things um but yeah it's just cool man and then the whole point is that like no one knows if ghosts exist that's what everyone claims um or like if there's anything if there's life after death or like if there's anything after death that I've never been afraid of that. Like, even my tattoo is associated with death. My tattoo is memento mori. means, like, remember you're going to die. Um, yeah, and so I've always been attracted to bones and, you know, what's out there. Uh, <laughs> fuck with me and aliens. I love aliens. Sorry, Nadrat. Directed to Jack. Yeah. Um, especially, like, yeah, especially, like, stars. Stars are really chill. I have a close relationship with the moon. Um, yeah, but I, I really dig. Like, it was just always there. And I really digged it. And I really appreciate the fact that my family never, like, shied away from it. They're always just like, if I asked a question, I was like, hey, what's a poltergeist? Or like, hey, what's this? They'll sit us down. And the thing about, like, at least in Hispanic culture is that that storytelling aspect is like such a big part of our culture like that's how you get the family together and like i don't know i just associate the stories with like you know my roots and where i come from and that's why i'm like it's so important to me would i teach my kids later on in the future anything i think i'll let them figure things out on their own but i don't that storytelling aspect absolutely i'll tell you a story hell yeah i'll tell you a story right now let's go huh? <laughs> yeah and I, I love storytelling for that reason Storytelling. I only have the uh, storytelling in my family is more than like I've asked a question. Probably get an answer. Probably won't get an answer. Depends on the topic. I don't know. My family will sit you down <laughs> for like two hours over a cup of tea, and they'll tell you a story. They'll, that's one of the, that's like what we really do. We just tell stories all day. I think that's why I got into writing because it was like it gave me a medium to create. Um, yeah, that's the other thing. Like I love writing. But I haven't been able to do it in like a long time, at least for fun. So what about so writing is your creative outlet? So Yeah, writing and photography now. Um anyone who follows my Finsta knows that like I I write long winded passages about like whatever it is I'm feeling. But like creative writing I really like. I especially because like I play Dungeons and Dragons a lot. So the notion of like world building I love it. If I get to come up with a whole world with a whole new subspecies with like, if I can just create something out of nothing, like I'm happy for the end of the day. So I love writing like stories, characters, but the thing is that I never like coming to an end. So I'll always leave everything on a cliffhanger and then just start a new story. <laughs> Wait, what's the answer? Um, there is no answer. I'll get back to you. Nothing. So what happens next? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So that's... That's what I do for fun. Yeah, photography, I, I really like. I got into photography recently. Um, it's Yeah, when I got into traveling, I started taking pictures because with a photo, you can attach a story. You can attach the history. And there's a, a quote that says, if you want to know what someone cares about the most, look at what they take pictures of. And like all the photos I take are of my friends, my dog, or like of places I've been to because I... I think I'm true to my name. My name means I'll always love you. And like, I'm, I do love the time that I'm in because you can have so many things. Like my grandma tells me stories about like how I only have very few pictures of my grandmother, like of her growing up. 
because pictures were so scarce. And like now, my grandma and I will like take so many photos all together um, because it's something that's new and it's great to capture all of these moments while you're young. Um, quoting my grandma on that. <laughs> With me, I don't really like writing, but like we give me something to draw or like you know, I used to create like my uh, I remember one time we created my own wrestling at a toy um, by the paper. Wow. And I had like a whole story around it. Then it gives like a uh, Caprice a Capri Sun um box so like I got um bus to put them in. Oh. So I used to be like super creative in that, but then tell you try to do math. <laughs> so I was like I had like we had like two different skills. I had really good at math, which is like analytical, also really good at creative stuff. So it was like a Confused on where to go, what to do next. You could probably be an architect. No, that's mad. That's mad work. <laughs> <laughs> I seen that. I was like, oh no, we have to build buildings and then make sure they don't crumble. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be able to draw. Like, I'm not good at drawing people, but like, landscapes are fine. Or like, uh, I don't like contemporary art. <laughs> but. We sold a banana for two, $2 million. Here's Someone ate it, you know that? Yeah. <laughs> But the person sold like two other bananas with tape to all two was like yeah but like old school art like when i went to versailles in paris there's like these big portraits that i took hours to paint and like the colors are vibrant and like just to the dedication to make this thing because that material was so scarce and someone was like i'm gonna make this like the things like that i love and like there's some art that i'm like okay cool I don't understand it, but I'm gonna let you rock. <laughs> yeah, but for me, it's writing and photography. Um, to an extent, video editing. Like, I like making music videos. Um, I'm currently making one with a couple friends of ours, so watch out for that. And I like that stuff, but I think the part that I freaking hate is the editing aspect of it. Yeah, that's why I still haven't touched any of these videos. Yeah, like, I have to really be like can't like focused to really be focused for me to be like okay i'm gonna sit and edit these because it takes so long i if i can just make the concept and give it to someone else to edit that we're fine yeah, we'll become an animator but then the, it takes the a lot of time of creating an it takes a lot of time like a lot this we just think so famous is like editing <laughs> yeah that's why when you were like oh help me edit these i was like oh okay i'll help i guess no i probably got it i'll, I'll help <laughs> what's the next question what is the next question gotta pee <laughs> you want to take a break no we'll, we'll, we'll rock through it <laughs> really rock on any block <laughs> and then with that so it seems like everything you like connects with each other. How we like taking photographs, we like traveling, and then pictures of a thousand words. So you like writing. Yeah. And then you like culture and people. So then you like um, Dungeons and Dragons, which makes you talk to people and then you make your own adventures with them. Yeah, I'm a nerd. <laughs> I'm not even a low key nerd. I'm a straight up nerd. How is Dungeons and Dragons? Never. It was like that one um, game, like cartoons, where the shows where they use like mm-hmm. this like nerd. I like the thing that uh, first of all the reason that Dungeons and Dragons is associated with like nerdiness is because like in the 1980s um yeah it was like it was affiliated with people who were not socially like bloomers um and uh, I guess that sort of just carried through also you have to understand that like Hollywood in the 1980s perpetuated this image of like you know compartmentalizing 
children, basically, high school students in different subgroups, such as jocks, cheerleaders, nerds, goths. Um, and the re- only reason they really did that was because, oh yeah, I've done a bunch of cultural analysis on like subculture, fucking movies. You can get me on movies too. <laughs> my favorite movie of all time is All About Eve, 1953. Look it up. Like that is my favorite movie. It is three hours long and I don't care. I will sit there and watch the shit out of it. <laughs> but I digress. Um, yeah, I like doing movie analysis because that sort of genre in the 80s that stemmed from like having so many subcultures within a high school like if you think about it they were always in like middle america and i guess people who went to school in like new york city that didn't really didn't apply but it's all because of music like the reason that they made these like clicks is because they were meant to represent the different subgenres of music and like subcultures that were coming out of the time Especially like the goth movement, which was just like the sister to the punk movement in the from the 1970s, which is just the child of rock and roll from the 1960s and 50s, which is also just the child of jazz and like big band. So there's like this long timeline, but like the the way you dress, the way you talk is associated with the things that you listen to. Hence why I think now that the decade's ending, the 2010s are going to be fucking great because there's going to be so many things. Um, Billie Eilish did not create goth. Just putting that out there. (laughs) And these subcultures stem from that. So with the nerdy subculture in Dungeons and Dragons, see, I I got back to my point. (laughs) So with the nerdy subcultures with Dungeons and Dragons, it's that it was really affiliated with like men because at the time it was never believed that like girls played Dungeons and Dragons. It was like these dudes that would rather stay and create and like play pretend. It was this stigma of like, oh, they're not, they're just doing this and creating their own world because they're not socially attuned to what's going on in, in like the outside world. Now, Dungeons and Dragons is such like a widely played concept because people see that it is a creative outlet. I love, oops, there it goes. <laughs> I love Dungeons and Dragons because like, one, I love world building. I love the characters, but there's so many things you can do. Like, I remember I made a party once and I had my bard and I had my rogue and I had my barbarian and they went into a tavern and like you literally just asked them okay you're in the tavern what do you want to do and like my rogue was like I'm gonna go up to the bartender ask him for a beer when he turns around I'm gonna steal from him I was like why would you do that he's like I'm both. No, like, no, really, it's more so, it was just the, the fact that, like, they could do it. And the bard was like, I see a sultry girl sitting over there. I'm asleep with her. And it's just like, you can do whatever you want. But then me as the DM, I have to mark down what you've done because everything has a consequence in the game. And there are different mechanisms. It's like a video game. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons is like a IRL video game that like I'm just creating as we go along because I create a story but the characters don't necessarily have to follow the story we just have to get back to the story eventually <laughs> um yeah but that's why I love Dungeons and Dragons it's it's immediate like I think it's really fun and a lot of my friends who didn't grow up with like that uh as a form of entertainment I've gotten friends to like join in and they were like wow this is actually like cool because once they see how much freedom they have in this made-up world they were like oh there's actually a concept called like murder hobo and it's (laughs) you i see you made a face but let me explain so murder hobo (laughs) in dungeons and dragons is basically like you have a character that like their initial reaction to any circumstance you propose is i'm gonna kill it (laughs) and everything has a consequence so if they roll the dice and they get a 20 it means like they killed it and they killed it good if they roll a one it's like they didn't kill it and the thing is trying to kill them now 
Um, so it's like um, like the negative tree in video games where you decide I'm always going to do the bad thing. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the negative tree because like, and that's where those those placements come from, like lawful good, lawful all that. It yeah, comes from Dungeons. Yeah, it comes from Dungeons and Dragons. Um, but yeah, these murder hobo characters just always decide, hey, we're in a tough situation, let's just kill them. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, but like the thing is that with murder hobos, you have to want to have to write it down because everything has a consequence. So I like you killing that traveler on the side of the road it's gonna come back and bite you in the ass because turns out that traveler was just the prince to this kingdom that you went to go do a job for in disguise and now you're wanted for murder (laughs) yeah and then (laughs) but the thing is that if you're like when you play you play with a party so your party whatever you do affects your party so if like you murder them they're an accessory to murder too at least that's how I make my games because it's also fun this is this is my sadistic part when one character does something to fuck up I make sure that the whole group gets <laughs> fucked up so they can start infighting and start arguing with each other because when they argue with each other they're just like why would you do that you idiot and then like the infighting is such a real concept but what I find with my characters and like my players is that when they start getting these like frustrations out on the game everyone leaves Dungeons and Dragons feeling so good because they got to yell at each other and they got to curse at each other and they got to like say just the wildest things um um, and it is really it's a media, creative medium but like a great emotional one because it's so cathartic to just be like you fucking dumb bitch I told you we were gonna cast a freaking chameleon spell why would you drink the potion you know they're not really mad about that they're mad about something that happened <laughs> later on in the day <laughs> but they just really wanted to get that out there and it's it's great it's honestly great it doesn't remind me of video games we play like Call of Duty or like Siege maybe with Six Siege and you have to like Mm. You saw arguing the teammates like made a plan, but somebody would like not nah, we'll do my own thing. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah, no, it it's definitely like that, but IRL. And it's hilarious because you get to see their face and you get to see everything happening in real time and you're just like oh, I remember one time like when I used to play, now I DM <laughs> I was a rogue and like my my character really liked to steal. No matter where she was, she was like, I'm gonna steal it. <laughs> and so like one time they stole like I stole a potion (laughs) and that potion was like the one that we needed but then we came across like a dragon's den and I was like I'm gonna steal that egg and I stole the egg and like the dragon really just yeeted me and then ended up locking up my like teammates in a dungeon somewhere and they were just like see you pissed it off (laughs) um but it's great because those are things that like I can't I would never steal in real life but in the game I'm like I'm gonna be the baddest bitch that I can be (laughs) so it's like it's like a mission of GTA and like all Mass Effect stuff like that we have Oh yeah, GTA, or like the open world of GTA, but like the choices of Mass Effect. Yeah, uh, or like uh, like Detroit, the video yeah, Detroit, game. Yeah, yeah, where like everything you do, like you do, has a consequence, but you're free to roam around the world and do whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you should play Dungeons and Dragons with me sometime. Yeah, yeah I'm not doing anything this winter break, so mm-hmm. except for working, I'll be working. Yeah, but it, it'll be great. <laughs> I have a whole story that I've been dying to try out. <laughs> Yeah, join in, join in. <laughs> we just need someone's house to do it. And that's the Dungeons and Dragons etiquette is when you go to someone's house, you have to bring a snack. Everyone brings a snack because you're going to be there for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what else? Hmm. We've been doing this for like 46 minutes. Okay, it's up to you if you want to call it. Bye. It's up to you. I am the host. I keep getting that sometimes. Yeah, that's one of the things I do in Dungeons and Dragons. But I'm like, can we do this? And I'm just like, 
Can you? I'm like, wait, can you? <laughs> oh, I, I, I made the world. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I am God. <laughs> or the Sims. I love Sims. You see, you know there's a theme. Anything where I don't have to live my actual life, I love. <laughs> but I think, let me try this out. Let me try that out. I spend so much time just making my character and like their origin story that by the time I start playing, I'm like, okay, I'm bored. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm more into linear games where I can just like, I have a beginning and have an end. I don't know, I like freeform games where I'm like, I don't gotta follow a storyline or a structure. No, nah, but then with that, there's so many choices and decisions. I'm like, I'm really tired. Nah, I, I dig that because I will do all the choices and decisions. I'm just like, I had to make a decision. Nah, give me a game where I need to shoot or go to something and boom. Nah, I like games where there are so many things you can do, but like how you play determines the ending or like determines the outcome. Yeah, yeah we'll call it an episode. <laughs> <laughs> think so. Thank you for coming to another episode. No problem. Yes. That was fun. <laughs> Anyway, wanna plug anything? Um, follow my travel account at No One Travels Like Gaston. I post facts about how to travel, how to travel effectively and safely, and history facts about all the places that I've gone to. Nice. Yeah. All right. Yay. That brings another episode of the Let's Get a Podcast to a close. Again, you can follow Tia at her Instagram at No One Travels Like Gaston. For next week, I have my friend Isaac coming in to discuss the creative mindset of someone who creates film and writes poetry. I hope you continue to have a nice day and hope to see you there.